Hello, it's so good to see you all again. And I know some of you, uh, I'm probably first time visiting, welcome. Uh, my name is David Kim, and just like Sabrina mentioned, I've been attending Cornerstone for about seven plus years, and um, I graduated Gordon-Conwell, and I'm gonna be going to missions in Japan. So I'm gonna be speaking a little bit about that, but uh, first off, I, I would just want to uh, just say it's been a hectic but very good few weeks. I was visiting families, I was visiting friends and my students, I teach ESL to, to um, at High Rock Church as a ministry and they've been treating me out and giving me a whole bunch of advice about living in Japan. And um, it's just been great but it's just been a lot. So I feel like there's a lot of emotions that I'm going through. Um, and I'm very glad to be speaking in front of you, but I need help. So would you pray with me <laughs> as we start? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this honor and this privilege to share your word. Thank you so much for word, um, what you have already shared with, um, with us in missions uh, yesterday, uh, last week with Han and also with Grace. And I pray we may receive your word now, that you may give us um, an open heart, um, a way to see how you're speaking to us and let your word be true in our life. Name Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to be speaking a lot today, but I'll try to really get through the important parts first. But um, I'm going to be speaking about missions and the privilege of sharing the word. Um, and I know sometimes some of us are a little bit intimidated by that word. We think of mission like, oh, wow, I just got to give up everything. I got to go to another country. I got to live in some jungle or I'm not going to be having as much fun as I want. But yeah, it's a little bit like that. But there's also a lot of other things that is um, kind of not really emphasized and shared about what, about what mission is like. And I'm going to share primarily about how we receive and how we share in the mission context, but even just as Christ followers. So first, let me show you four pictures. And they're going to be, okay, so there it is. It shows it all. I wanted to, to guess what was in common, so I thought I had it all in, uh, in order, so surprise! So, okay, I'll still do this, okay? Um, so you may be wondering what is in common. No, I'm just kidding. All right, the first picture is on the top left, okay? That is, uh, it is a picture of a car, and that's, this car is a 2015 Mitsubishi Mirage. It's a low-power, compact car and it's made for city driving, and it's priced at $13,000, and its commute is fun and stylish. I feel like I'm selling this car, but. Second picture is on the top right, and that is a European bison. It is one of the heaviest animals in, wild animals in Europe, and during the early 20th century, these bisons were almost hunted and extinct, but now they're protected and no longer endangered. Uh, their diet is mostly eating grass and leaves, and uh, they drink water every day. Uh, next picture is on the bottom left, 1956. IBM built the 305, 305 RAMAC, which stands for Random Access Method of Accounting and Control. So basically, this was the first commercial computer uh, with a moving head uh, disk drive. So it, you know how much memory was inside? Five megabytes in that huge thing over there, 1956. And obviously, with our phones, we have, what, 128 megs, right? Uh, gigs, I should say, right? So over 1,000 has been built, and it cost about 3,200 at that time. 
if we were to you know, change the currency until today, it's about 1.3 million. And on the bottom right is the picture of uh, five gallon water jugs. And you've probably seen this in your office spaces or in school, um, even at home if you order them. Um, but the one I'm trying to specifically mention is 48 of those jugs. And so what's the whole thing that's in common that I'm trying to emphasize here is that they all weigh approximately one ton. Nothing in common, really, other than that, because they're made up of different materials, they're used in different ways, and, you know, different, you know, it's just, it, it's interesting how these different things still have something in common, which is that weight of one ton. Let's say if you're a mechanic, right, and I say, hey, you know, this, this, uh, how much does this, um, you know, this, this car weigh? And they say, oh, it's about one ton. We're talking about that, you know, the car earlier, so. I say, okay, that's, that's great, but if, I, if that mechanic was to try to explain to me how heavy it is, um, I'm not a me mechanic. That mechanic knows, under, understands what that weight is, but I wouldn't be able to understand. But say if I'm a zoologist, and somehow the mechanic was able to relate to me on that, you see, yeah, you know, this, this, this is pretty heavy. I, if you're familiar with the European bison, it's about one ton. And as a zoologist, like, oh, wow, that's great. Now I know how much it weighs. I know, very useless information, but I'm trying to give a point that people in different ways receive information in different ways, even though it's the same thing that we're trying to relate to. So, the gospel is very similar to this concept, right? It is the universal truth. However, we receive it and look at it in slightly different ways, right? We know about Jesus, and some of us are still learning about, you know, how to walk with him. And we also know about that there is a God. But some of us have different ways of how we understand and how we relate to that uh, information. So there's so many different ways that how I can go about missions, but I'm actually going to start with the Great Commission. And the Great Commission, of course, is what you're uh, familiar with um, in Matthew. But to be honest, there's actually five Great Commissions in the Bible. And so I'm going to show, uh, share with each one of you today. And each one emphasizes something slightly different, but they all have the same emphasis. Okay? So the first one comes from John chapter 20. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And if you were here last week, Han mentioned this and talked about being sent. And that was a really good way of how to start, uh, of knowing how is this beginning. You know, this is not so much of our own choice, but that God um, is sending. He sent Jesus, and now Jesus is sending us, and we have this motion of being sent. The second one, this is coming from Matthew, which is pretty popular that we all know pretty well. And this is, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the end, very end of the age. This has kind of been the staple of missions, especially when we talk about it um, in church. Um, and the emphasis that we see here is that to say, make disciples of all nations, right? To make disciples is a really strong word there. It's not just saying, oh, not making followers or not making believers, but make disciples. Disciples have a really strong emphasis of following and committing and even just giving your life 
to that teaching or to that person. Third one, this is from Mark. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This is kind of giving the scope of where we're supposed to go and kind of like how we're doing it. Now, when we look at the word preach, I know you're thinking, oh, that's for pastors, you know, let them do it. But preaching is a really, it's a really refined way of just sharing. Sharing with the intention of the truth and for people to receive and understand the gospel. So you don't have to go to seminary. You can still preach in your own way, which I'll share later on. Next one, and that is uh, Luke. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was uh, still with you. Everything must... Okay, I'll fast forward. This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, you are the witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been called the power from on high. Okay, so what is this all about? What is the message that we're trying to uh, share? And that's right, I hope I highlighted, great. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached to the nations, to all, uh, to name, to all nations. So there is a problem. There is a concept of sin, and then there's a concept of wondering that we're trying to figure out how to escape this fate of sin, which is death. And then finally is what actually Grace shared, um, and I'm so glad she uh, emphasized that too. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So let me um, put this all together and try to scrunch it up um, in one way to look at how this is all fitting. And for the next slide, this is coming from a book that I read. It's, um, it's really easy to read, actually. It's When Everything is Missions by Denny Spitters and Matthew Ellison. And it puts this a really good way of trying to see how each, how each part of the commissions is creating this whole. So what's the model? What is the kind of shape of what uh, is going on here? As the Father has sent me, from John chapter 20, 21. What is the magnitude? What is the kind of reach, right? Go into all the world, to the whole creation, everyone, everywhere. Meth methodology. So how are we doing this? Okay. Make disciples of all nations. That is how we're supposed to um, achieve this. Um, but what's the message? What is being shared? What is the thing that um, we're trying to walk away with? And it's the repentance and forgiveness of sins in Luke chapter 24 and the means. How is it? By the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is something that I'm so relieved on because I can't do it myself. And, of course, what Jesus has also said, that he will be with us to the end of age. So having these different scopes, having these different ways and understanding, um, you know, the truth of the gospel, um, we can't help to say that we have our own points of view on, on how we look at it. Okay, what I'm trying to say is that culture is our, is our lens that we can't help take off and um, consider the factor of how we share. So even though sometimes we look at culture and it's like, all right, what country are you from? 
right? What's your family like? What state did you, you know, live in the most? You know, those part of things adds to our culture. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just love seeing Judah. It's so, so cute. Uh, so the common question that we want to ask is, like, what kind of culture do you have for yourself, right? So one, here's a few questions I want to ask you. Um, to just answer to yourself, what area did you grow up? Was it suburban, urban, rural? How did that affect you about your, uh, uh, your, your view and what life was like? How about your family? Are you first child, second child, only child? Were you adopted? How about your friends? What did you really care about when you hang out with them? What was, what was fun to you? What was the common thing that you valued in work, if there was anything? <laughs> How about in, the, uh, in education? Were you taught mostly in a school, or were you homeschooled, or did you go to a private institution? Were you mostly tutored? And about your country. What does, what does your country value the most, and what, do you, what, does it, what, um, what is the priority um, in that sense? And those things really factor of how we view and how we see things um, in our life. So Roland Miller, Muller was another book that I read um, considering talking about honor and shame and unlocking um, the door. I'm sorry, the book is Honor, Shame, Unlocking the Door. Now from this book, it's really interesting because it helps me to give a sense of what kind of cultures and conditions that man have. Now to share what this is first, let me just give you a backstory about Genesis and probably a good refresher for you. So Adam and Eve had a right relationship with God before the fall. They were to take care of his garden and was permitted to eat anything except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of everlasting life. The serpent came and tempted Eve to be like God and eat the fruit from the tree. And seeing that the fruit is appealing and having the desire to be wise, she ate it and gave some to her husband, Adam. Thus, that's when sin, sin entered of disobeying God. History has changed, and now humanity has changed too. So when this happened, there are three conditions that was broken. And this is the culture that kind of helps shape of what we emphasize more on. So uh, with the next slide. He writes, when man sinned, three great conditions came upon mankind. When man broke God's law, he was in a position of guilt. This is guilt and innocence. When man broke God's relationship, he was in a position of shame. This is honor and shame. When, brat, when, God, sorry, when man broke God's trust, he was in a position of fear, which is power and fear. Now, I would say that in the Western world, we probably emphasize, which do you think do we emphasize the most out of the three? Guilt, innocence, honor, shame, or fear and power? What do you think? I think it's probably mostly guilt and innocence. We do what's right and wrong. We're more legalistic. If that's what the rule says, that's what we should do. We should follow the law, right? Rightly so. If you run a red light, and if the cop is over there, he's going to pull you over and give you a ticket. However, honor and shame, it's a little bit different. The rules are not so much of what, you know, what is said on paper, but how your relationship is with each other. You think of each other as a collective group and what is right. So for that example of running that red light, um, my professor shared with me that when he was in 
uh, living in uh, a Muslim country and that his friends were not him, but uh, one of his uh, friends was uh, driving together with another friend and they ran the red light and got pulled over. And then the other friend knew exactly what happened. The police officer asked him, what you know, why did you run the red light? And the other friend said, no, 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 you didn't, you didn't, no, that's not right. He didn't run the red light. He's fine. He did it right. He got it just in time and they were just arguing, arguing. And it wasn't so much about the red light. It was so much about the friend not getting that ticket. It was so much about retaining that, that bond and looking out for each other and to make sure that that is the priority for them. Fear and power. I think is also not as, as strong as it is in the Western culture, but it is evident. And this is mostly talking about the spiritual aspect. In some parts of the country, when you're sick, there's not a hospital around. So what they have to do is they have to ask a local shaman or someone who is you know, practicing the arts and to help them, oh, I have this stomach ache, uh, please talk to the gods and help me. What is it that I have to give you and start offering to? And this is very real, apparently. And even though we may not see it here in the Western world, um, this is a very strong emphasis in many countries and many cultures, too. And so the gospel really speaks on this, too. You know, there is the essence of shame, right? I'm sorry. With the, let me start first with the guilt and innocence. You know, we have broken God's law by disobeying. Yet Jesus is able to offer himself and to make himself right, um, through his sacrifice. We have broken the relationship with shame and honor. But again, Jesus comes in and restores our relationship by putting himself on the cross. And fear and power, we are not helpless anymore. We do not have to worry about other spirits or other ways to be um, harassed by because God has the authority and power uh, to heal us as well. So with that, I'm going to now share a little bit more about how we share, how we can be able to um, have the right kind of mindset of, of sharing the gospel. So there are three words that are usually just, um, you know, kind of tossed around. I'm, it's probably going to share, yeah, okay. It's supposed to be piece by piece, but all right, you got the answer already. So witness, evangelize, and discipling. So witness uh, is kind of like the base work of how we share, and it's mostly to just say you testify. What school do you go to? Oh, I go to, you know, Harvard. Okay, you just, you just witnessed, you testified. Um, where's your family from? Oh, they're from Connecticut. Okay, that is witness. What do you believe in? Oh, I believe in Jesus. There's your witness. That is the most basic thing every Christian should do. And that's, that's, that is a really great way of how we can start in sharing the gospel. And the second part in how we can elevate in what we share is evangelizing. This is more intentional right? This is something that we want to do to share about our faith and to have everyone know who God is and to also learn about Jesus and to have life with him. So it doesn't mean that you have to start saying, hey, I go to church. Uh, why don't you believe in Christ and come with me? You know, that's, that's like, that's not evangelizing. But it's in a way of just sharing your life with them so they can see you, what you're doing, and how your life is different by following Christ as well. And you don't even, sometimes, so I teach English to Japanese mothers, you know, in the Arlington area. And for the most part, when I teach, I don't talk about God, you know. 
Maybe if there was like a Christmas lesson or something about, you know, holidays with Christianity, that's the only time. But in a way, I'm still evangelizing because I am loving on them. I'm showing them and telling them, like, this is how American living is. Uh, tell me about your culture. How is life like at your home? And I'm trying to share more about what it means to love another person through Christ. And then the third part is more of a sense of how when one person does ex- receive and accept, they are now walk, continuing that witness and evangelizing, but they're doing it together in Christ as believers. And that's discipling. And this is something that I hope that we can really, really emphasize more here on Cornerstone. Because with disciple comes with commitment. Discipling comes with commitment. It comes with intention. But it also comes with so much fruit um, that if some of you feel like you want to share more of your life and also to uh, know that there are younger people or people who are still, you know, growing in their faith, this is a, a crucial part in being able to grow like Christ, to do it together. So... After all this, you know, this is what the Great Commission is, is carrying out, right? And that mission, the terminology itself is like everybody does this. This is what mission is. But if I was to give a little bit more, like, specifics, it's to be out of your own area or origin and to be in another place to share about Christ, which is what I'm doing. Do you have to go to another country? No, you don't have to. You can just do it in your home even in your home with your family, um, even at your work. But for the most part, this is how we should share. Okay, so how do we live out the mission? Three simple things that I want to hopefully have stick in your mind today, right? And it's probably, yeah, there you go, okay, all together. <laughs> Listen intently, right? I know sometimes we have like some discussions and some people say, yeah, I don't know if Jesus is real. I don't even know if he's son of God. And sometimes we'll say, wait a second, you know, here's what the Bible says. But sometimes just listen, say, okay, why do you think so? What was, what was your, what is your belief? Or what was your upbringing like? Have the intention of just listening to them and knowing what their, their point of view is. And believe me, this goes so much of a long way rather than being a Christian trying to push on beliefs. You know, we just want to have to share that way of loving and listening uh, together. Speak lovingly. I got to work on this. <laughs> because sometimes when I have, especially with certain family members, I, I don't speak lovingly, even though I'm speaking truthfully. Like, this is what it is. But they're like, yeah, no, I don't believe it. There is a compassion. People will take more of the emphasis on knowing what a Christian life is like or one who follows Christ if they speak in a loving way. And sometimes you're not even supposed to win the argument. You're just there to listen and just to say, okay, well, I'm glad you can share this way, and this is what I believe, but I love to keep talking about this. What? Oh, okay, thanks. And then walk truthfully is like many see, is, is a way of saying to act out what you're doing. It's another thing to listen and to speak, but to do it in your daily life. And this is where the Holy Spirit really helps myself, and, and I know that he helps you as well um, as we go through. So with all of this, um, I just want to end uh, with this picture here. About three years ago, what is it, February 2019 is when I first went to High Rock Church and to teach um, ESL. And I didn't know what to expect other than I wanted to be there, other than I knew that God had given me a heart for the Japanese people. And when I found out this ministry was there, I said, okay, let me at least visit. 
And from that time, I started to attend every week, just having discussion um, practices, and I felt that this was giving me more life. I didn't, you know, of course this was a Christian, like, kind of a setting, but we didn't talk about Christianity so much, like I mentioned. We just loved on them. We just wanted to know more about their life and to share about what was important to them. Um, and then we eventually had, like, kind of a exploring Christianity um, session, just telling them what Christianity is and having different guest speakers and even just regular church members, people just telling what God has done in their life. And I cannot tell you and express to you just how much this has given me so much meaning, so much uh, fulfilling, and the relations that have, uh, that have developed and know that this is part of what mission work is. I, I didn't leave the country. I stayed here. And still I was doing God's work um, by spending time with them and loving them. So I really hope and, and, and pray that you will be having this sense of mission in your heart. You know, pay attention to how God is speaking to you and what, what is really important to, um, to you and your faith with him and how he wants you to share it with other people. I'll be gone for four years in doing um, mission work, but on the fifth year, I will return. And when I return, I don't even know if we'll be in BFIT, but I, I really hope I can hear so many stories of how you've been able to share, of how you've been able to see how Christ has been um, giving you more meaning. And in a way, I'd love to see half of, these, half of you to be in another country. I know that's a little bit more, you know, self-preference, to share in that way as well. And say, hey, why'd you leave? She said, you told me to. I'm like, oh, that's right. Okay, go, you know. But in a sense, I just want you to really live the fullness of Christ and to love. And I'm going to also share this part too, and actually I'm just saying this to myself, but I'm saying it to you because I'm about to, I'm going back to Jersey tomorrow, I'm going to stay there for a week, then to head to Singapore for orientation and to Japan, and I want to kind of leave this with myself and with you. Remember that your actions speaks louder than your words. Remember that you are not alone and you are loved by God and also by many people around you. And remember that it is all worth it because God is in it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, all this is done by you and for you. And I'm so thankful for uh, my brothers, sisters here um, to listen and to receive what you are saying. And I pray for those who are even not sure um, who you are or what this is all about. And I pray you may speak to them as well. And to give them some inclination to just find out more. And for those who are starting out their faith, oh, please nurture their souls, Lord. Let them know that you are close and present with them. And for those who are mm, maybe trying to take the next big step for you, Lord, speak to them lovingly. Let them be assured that you have them in your in your safe hands, powerful, loving hands, Lord, so that we, may go, that we may go out as a body of Christ to all the nations. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.